The, the real person and we go what we'll get rid of this guy pete ferrero i'm feeling wonderful <laughs> kathleen <laughs> looks crush tv crush worthy like so many special guests and all your questions live on the beverly hills 90210 show oh yeah Well, here we are again on the Beverly Hills 90210 show. Um, this is really exciting. We're covering three episodes and a storyline and a whole bunch of other stuff. But um, Larry, how's everything going on? With What's going on, man? How are you been? Well, I'm in La Quinta, California uh, with uh, my wife, Dee, and the dog, Yoshi, and also my grand dog, Mac. And, uh, you know, we're just trying to hang out in the desert and see what that feels like for about a month. You know, Chuck's going to uh, join us next week, and we'll do a show live from the desert. We're going to do Sweating It Out. We're going to have some pre-recorded uh, video recreations of the Brandon Dillon stuff. I haven't I can't really quite figured it out, but Chuck liked the idea. <laughs> and we're going to go on a hike anyways, which is kind of the outdoorsy feel of that episode. You know, you remember, you know everyone remembers that episode. And, oh, yeah, uh, Sweating It Out. we get yeah. Chip Johansson. Um, with us, I'm going to wait till the end of the week because he's a busy defense attorney for the city of Los Angeles, believe it or not. He gave up show business for the legal profession. Yeah, that's pretty shocking because he he, he, he always had wanted a really, to. He had a really great writing career, too. I mean, oh, we're talking about Chip because Chip might join us next week on Sweating It Out. Um, but, I mean, after 90210, he went on and did a lot of great things, too. So it's cool to see that he went and totally did something different was he a lawyer at some point in his no, life he went back when he was executive producer of homeland he was i think uh on the on the summers he was going to law school you know catching up the law school and then you know doing what he wanted to do he'd always been involved in um stopping the death penalty and death penalty cases just helping out with that it was just a passion of his so well, this yeah, is, that'd be fun. This is really exciting this week because this week we're mm -hmm. here and we're covering um, three episodes uh, from season seven. And we were talking, we, we did a Patreon watch along and we've been talking a bunch about season seven and you discovered that you're, 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 you're into it. You're into season seven. Yeah. You know, a lot of it I hadn't seen in 25 years, like the disappearing act and pledging my love. I had not seen in I just was thrilled seeing them. I have, I have to say, I was very proud of them, and 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 also, I mean, the pleasure, my love. I, I dare you not to cry in that thing. It's it's just a phenomenal episode, uh, written by my dear friend Phil Sabbath, um, who I want to, I do want to talk about in links at one point. Yeah, um, and we're gonna have Michael Stoyanov with us here in a second. Fans will know him from Blossom or oh, from yeah. from Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Um, and we got into a whole conversation. We're gonna have that in a minute, but I want to talk about some of the other things that we ran into before we mm. get to michael um, well, so many other good plots in this i mean it's just packed you know you got to first of all valerie just looks sensational in this she's we gave her a plot with a, a married man an older married man plot that she Kenny thinks Bannerman. she's using and he thinks he's using her 
And of course, he, he made a big mistake because she's a lot more clever and, and devious than he could ever assume to be. So we've been We're watching hoping this play one out. day. We hope one day that we will get Joey Gian to to convince convince him to come on and talk about this because there's a lot of great stuff in one of the episodes. I think it's pledging, or uh, or is it disappearing? Yet? One of the episodes, he gets the phone call in the car. When he's with the family. <laughs> it's great. It's this peering act. Yeah, yeah. It's like he asked, oh, yeah, hi, mom. You know, it's like, so, you know, you got to watch these episodes. That 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 was particularly wonderful. And, and, and of course, in uh, Pledging My Love, uh, he sets Valerie up with her little love nest and uh, and sees how that plays out. Because, but, you know, she's got her eye on the prize. I mean, this was a, a fun storyline for her, I thought. And I thought there was some actual pretty good chemistry between them. Uh, judging it's, by the, it's lovely. Uh, the kiss in Pledging, uh, Pledging My Love. There's a very good kiss in that. Also so in Pledging My Love, in that in that little storyline, Brandon is aware that this is something is amiss because oh, yeah. no, Kenny, he knows, he knows. it's so embarrassing for Kenny Bannerman, but he shows up at the front door for her to sign papers. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, sure, like the accountant, Brandon goes, yeah, like the accountants make house calls, and when you see him in that scene, he's like, his shirt is out, he looks like he was beat up, you know? and of course, Val, he, you know, he, he Val no says, shows Valerie come down, and Valerie doesn't yeah. come down and see him, so I mean, he looks like a total, you know, putz. In Douche, that yeah, that's some yeah, good stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool uh, to see that one also, that storyline, and then we have, you know, David, uh, you know, starting in, in season seven, you know, he's he's hoping he doesn't have to finish college. He's got a career as a as a video music video director, and uh, he gets dropped by the label and lies to his father that he's still in college, as classically as a lot of people have done. Yes. And uh, and of all people, uh, you know, Donna's going to be the one to kind of clue Mel in. She rats him out uh, to let you know for the good of David. But meanwhile, we start seeing a lot of the mood swings, a lot of the bipolarisms that are going to strike David. You know, as inherited from his mother, which we did a lot of uh, work in the last two seasons about that about his mother falling off the edge of the grid and everything and uh so that's that's kind of fun to see that starting you know and then we too, about david. stories that are fun what the, about david i want to ask you that at the start of season seven him and mark reese ha have a house together right you know why because we have to shoot pages there we're not going to get pages just from mark so right. we need David with Mark. Now we can get some pages. <laughs> so Again, so you have a house, but then but then he, he leaves the house very quickly. They're they're well yeah. because we got rid of Mark. <laughs> poor yeah, house. I mean that, that house the poor, is, uh, the poor yeah, real estate and, on that deal, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, we had uh, yeah, we did some exterior shooting there. That was in the Hollywood Hills, as I as I remember. And we do a big pool party and we have like yes. that's other yeah. episodes too, where uh, there's a fire in the hills, like that's know, right. All this stuff is happening stuff at is, the house. Of course. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's a lot of fun. Housewarming the episode is yeah. We, we but, burned the house down. <laughs> yeah. So not only did Mark Reese or uh, the Dalton James firing affect the show, but also the house rental in the Hollywood Hills in case there was another thing coming down the, down the pipe. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think the house does uh, isn't destroyed in the fire. I think it's close. That's no, it's close. Yeah, plot. that's where but she the, sees but the deer. The plot where she sees the deer and she and she has a little uh, storyline with the fireman uh, played by that's right. absolutely handsome uh, actor. I can't think of his name. Uh, Cliff is the oh, fireman. Uh, and yeah, something is, like that. Yeah, no, Cliff is the fireman. I can't remember the actor. Greg, Gregory, something. Oh yeah, he's a big soap star today. Yeah, you know, we should try. To Almost, we we, we tried. We he he was open to coming on. He was going through a lot of family stuff at the time, so I'll reach back around and and hit that hit him up. Yeah. Um, the other standalone thing, there's a great Steve and Claire thing. Well, it's a Steve thing, really. It's 
Steve Streaks. But it affects everybody because it affects it Brandon. Does. It affects Tracy Gailey, and I'm looking forward to talking to Jill Novak in a bit. That's right. Also, you have to make sure everyone knows Jill's coming on. She's she, that's right, Jill Novak because Tracy because she comes in. Her character, Tracy Gellion, is introduced in the episode uh, Disappearing Act for the first time, and she just steals the show. She becomes the comedy in this show, getting drunk uh, as a news anchor. It was pretty funny. And so uh, she'll be with us in a little bit. Alone, Steve episode uh, of The Streak, really, I hadn't remembered it being so funny. Uh, has a good gag in it. And uh, it really affects everybody. And it's kind of like a good culmination of, of Steve uh, uh, pranks that go awry. And, uh, yeah, I was really delighted with that, too. And the thing is interesting, too, because, you know, um, the best thing about Claire is that her dad is the chancellor. Well, it's not the best thing about her, but one of the great things to tie in is that anything that Steve does is always going to affect their relationship because her father is the chancellor. Yeah, I mean, that was classic. <laughs> so we yeah, put her so, right in the middle of, of that thing and you know and, and it's uh, like mark reese and brandon get into an argument a little bit about oh, the tape yeah <laughs> you know about the, the journal because again we, we got integrity. everyone involved in this little plot because brandon has you know an ethical dilemma he could has to give the tape over which is going to incriminate his best friend and even though you know you probably shouldn't you know he shouldn't let that get in the way but he does and then of course uh when you watch the episode, you'll see the character Tracy Galian uh, has a solution, uh, and it, yeah, and so we'll we'll, we'll talk to and, her about that. And everyone's <laughs> everyone's relieved, uh, but yeah, that's that's great fun, and and then disappearing act. Well, you know, we talked we we're going to talk shortly with Michael, but uh, um, you know that this also back to college. These are the uh, early part. These were September episodes. This season uh, premiered actually in the middle of uh, August, I think. I checked wow. the air dates, so these were uh, really early September episodes. And uh, yeah, I mean they were, you know, it was it was fun re re revisiting them because uh, they're really strong. Yeah, I mean all the little subplots uh, happening. I'm trying to think if there was anything else. Um, I loved the stuff with Mel and David, um, or, or yeah, Mel and David. Yeah, I mean, I mean Mel pulls his support out from David after you know Donald you know blows the whistle on him, and uh, yeah, he's got to make it for himself. And it's, of course, he gets bailed out when his grandfather dies a couple of shows later. But uh, yes, yes, yeah. let's talk about. Um, Let's talk about the AIDS storyline, and uh, you know, obviously, we're going to talk about it with Michael in a second here. Um, we've we've said a bunch of about a bunch of stuff about it, and you'll say I'm sure you'll say more of this when Michael's with us. But I'm curious, um, looking back on this, and you were talking about your friend uh, Phil. This is probably a good time to talk to set this up and talk about your friend Phil that that this came from, right? Yeah, I mean. You know, everyone, you know, when you get into these seasons, you really need someone you can depend on. And that person for me was Phil Sabbath. And I had brought him down from Vancouver character, uh, Canada. He, you know, he had been my writing and acting and, you know, business partner since 1971. Uh, we were kind of like a doppelganger. I mean, in, in a way, uh, you know, because we were very much alike. And we, and we wrote together and acted together. And when I, I knew I was going into the season seven and a lot of things were, were in trouble and fracturing that year, I needed someone to depend on. Like uh, Phil had done a, an episode or two the year before, but I kind of, he had never been on staff and he didn't really like to go to Hollywood. He was kind of hip, a hippie to the end. And uh, I got him to come down and he came down and uh, he wrote some of the best episodes we had that season. He also wrote, uh, besides Pledge of My Love, which is immaculate, he wrote uh, With This Ring. Uh, which is one of the favorites of all time for the fans. Uh, you know, it's got the, the double part with Jason playing the jeweler in the ring, and it's it's wonderfully romantic. And he just had a lot of soul. And 
he had a lot of a, a good Jewish quality too. So I, for, I had forgotten that pledging my love actually is played against the Jewish high holy days. That's right. And uh, it gives it some resonance and it seems to use the, the best of some of those wise, you know, moments and deep moments uh, within our little drama. So, so here's your buddy. Let's see. Here's Phil. There's Phil. Uh, that's when we were, we had our theater in Toronto. Uh, we, if, if you see us together, we both had the very similar. And there's Phil actually holding a joint for me on my wedding day. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was good of him. He looks like he, he could just, and that's Phil as a, as a serious filmmaker in Canada. He did some wonderful projects up there when I lured him down. And that's Phil and I in a show in 1971 where we, uh, about hitchhiking. Amazing. So uh, a really good writing partner. Okay. So listen, man, I want to bring on our friend, um, Jill. Oh, fabulous. So we were talking about, we were just talking about, Hey, Jill, Hi, Jill. Jill. Are you our good Jill in, in Albuquerque roving reporter. Yep. It's so much fun to look at these episodes again uh, and, and think about, uh, you know, you approaching them and stuff because we got to see your entrance uh, in Disappearing Act and then had some fun watching the second episode of you in Pledging, you know, where you kind of uh, uh, bail Brandon out and stuff. And just uh, the work is, is really great. And I was saying, you know, we, we met with uh, Michael Stoyanova, but I was thinking about the whole episode and you really carried the comedy weight in that first episode. Like you did the whole drunk thing spectacularly. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I want to ask you, though, coming into the world of 902, now we've, we've obviously interviewed a bunch of times. Um, you've, uh, for those that don't know who this is, it's Jill Novick, who was Tracy on uh, the show in season seven. Um, and you've talked about walking into that that universe and being a fan and what that what that was like for you. Um, but one of the first things when we were watching this was the scene where um, you're really nervous about being a broad the, the the newscaster, the anchor, and they get you drunk. Do you recall any of this and and shooting some of this? I do. I I, I recall. <laughs> Very little, <laughs> um, but I do, I, my memory tells me that that was actually the very first scene that I ever shot oh, was gosh. being in that bar. Yeah. And I don't, to, who directed that episode? The first remember? episode, uh, we said it in this period, was David Semmel, David Semmel. David Semmel. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that, that was my memory was that it was David Semmel. Good director. Really, who, you know. Is Great a good director, director, and I thought was really cute. I remember. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he was young. He was young. Yeah, he, yeah well, weren't we all? Right. right? <laughs> um, but so, yeah. So I remember being at the bar. I think um, I was I was nervous because it was my first episode. I was nervous because I had to be drunk, and I had only done that one time before. And it was in a Matlock episode with <laughs> David Gale. Actually, oh, that's how I know Our David. friend yeah. David Gale. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and there was other people like Jerry Lynn Ryan was in it and Kurt. Anyway, so um, that was the only time, but she and I got to kind of play off of each other. But in this one, I was drunk and the two guys were not really, you know. No. Right. So, and it was my first thing. So I was, I, I remember being very nervous. I also remember not being confident about, you know, being playing drunk, but also the comedy of it because I had to, um, like my head falls on the bar. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I remember being really nervous that I was going to hit my head on the bar <laughs> and hurt myself. And I don't remember if I actually did that or not. Like I can't, I probably blocked it out, but 
<laughs> it's really good, though. I mean, you nailed that. And um, you come into this world. Um, why don't you tell us again about what that was like for you? Oh, gosh. It was very nerve wracking. It, 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 I, I think I said this the, the, the first time we spoke. It was, it was like the first day of school and, you know, not knowing anybody, but kind of knowing them because I watched the show. And so mm. it, it was, that's, that's why it was so nerve wracking. I, I knew everybody, but I didn't. Right. So, um, and you, and you have a perception maybe of who they are based on, you know, what Kelly did to, Brenda. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's hard to separate their characters from real life sometimes, too, you know, mm. obviously. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it is. I, I, I think I told that story about when I first met, met Jason in the in the office, and I was just like, <laughs> like I was so nervous. Because also, if you think about it, you know, when I first auditioned for the show, I guess I was in my mid-20s, and then when I got the show, I was 29, 30, somewhere in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so, yes, I was still at that point where I thought all the boys were so cute. And, you know, yeah. I was just like, oh, over all the boys. So, <laughs> yeah. And um, do you remember anything about working with Dalton James? I was going to ask that too, Pete. That's great. <laughs> yeah. We're curious. We're curious. Because it's so fascinating. Little... Yeah. And I can't really say what I remember. Oh, oh please no. do! <laughs> oh, please do tell us. He will not come on the show, and it's such a fascinating time if period it, if for it's, all if of it's, us. If it's really salacious, we'll, he'll just cut it out. Well, what? yeah, it, it had to do, I think, with Jenny and something. <laughs> Like I don't know. Forget. It. I don't. No, know. no, 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 no. <laughs> we'll cut it if it's too great. If it's not, if you I don't. Feel, I, I think it had something to do with maybe she didn't like kissing him or something. Wow! And, already oh, that was happening. Okay. I think so. Okay. Well, no. Well, this is a big thing here on the later. show. It, might, it wasn't yeah, my first later. episode that I didn't know that. Obviously, in the no. Beginning. That's later on. You wouldn't have that's, known that yet. That's yeah. Later on. Yeah. Yeah. That's later um, on. He, he was nice. I don't. I honestly don't really remember much about him. It's a fascinating. It's a fascinating piece of the puzzle. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to piece it together. A little forensic. <laughs> yeah, for, forensic. Honestly, forensic it's like a, it's turning into an episode of Matlock. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't really remember anything else. Matlock. Um, Andy, Andy Griffin. Andy Griffith. Yeah. Oh, great! Wow. Yeah. What fun. Tell me about doing a Matlock, which is like <laughs> not what we're here to talk about at I know, all. Right? But it's. I, I'm always fascinated with those types of shows. Matlock. Perry Mason, Columbo. I'm always curious about what it is to be in that in those universes. It was a blast. We shot in Wilmington, North Carolina, and like oh, I said, there was man. a lot of there were a whole group of us young people on the show. Um, Andy was a little bit of a dirty old man. Okay, <laughs> okay, I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he was a little bit. Rip. He kind of well because you know Jerry Lynn and I were were walking around in bikinis all the time. <laughs> and so I think it was one of those situations where you could kind of see the eyes going down, you know. <laughs> yes, oh, um, dear lord. Yeah. But it, it but it it was it was a blast. The thing I remember the most about that was the humidity and my hair just being like and I had bangs and they were like Yeah. Mm. Well, I just want to say one thing cuz the episode you're introduced in has a, yes. such a heavy AIDS storyline in it where, where uh, there's a cut in it and blood gets on Kelly Taylor and, yes, and everyone's yes. nightmare about being near someone with uh, AIDS 
it plays out. So it was such a relief to have, you know, you go for it with the, the, with the junk thing. That I'm, that right. I just want to make sure you knew how, how thankful we were about that. Thank you. Then, oh, thank you. And then the other thing, we watched the second episode, which was Pledging My Love, which it's kind of interesting. You know, we set up your character, which is, you know, which which you dive into. And, you know, we get a sense of, uh, you know, you, you're from Oki family and stuff. I had forgotten that whole thing. Right. And then you've got this magnet trick, which it, which you pull out this big magnet. At the end, you demagnetize the incriminating tape of Steve Sanders uh, running naked <laughs> through the campus in front of the chancellor. Okay, no memory of that. I have no memory. It's, it's great. It's oh, really it's brilliant. Great. It's very subtle, and and it's believable because of your background, the way you kind of felt, you know, that you really came from farm country, ranch country, and you know, you you kind of were not a Beverly Hills girl and stuff, so you might know stuff like this, you know, kind of odd yeah. stuff. One thing, Larry, I want to ask you uh, about. We were talking. I don't about... know if Phil made that up, by the way. That whole magnet thing. That sounds like something Phil made. I know. Up. I think that is a thing. I remember that in t in TV <laughs> TV film VHS yeah. tape class. He must have remembered too. I do no because I remember in VHS class that that was like you can use a magnet to erase the tape. I, I remember that being. A, yeah. I don't know if I remember that from class or if I remember that from nine hundred two. Oh, no, so I'll have to. <laughs> uh, no, I want to ask you though, Larry. Like at, at that point, though, when Brandon's thanking, you know, he wants to thank her. They, she gives him a little kiss. Yes, this first, the first moment of the romance starts in that pledging my love. Where, and again, it's all Brandon's going. Well, I shouldn't get involved in a workplace romance, right? Because right. last season he did get and he got totally dumped. But right. you know, you do it again. That's he what that's again. what fools in love do. Right. That's right. Yeah, I don't. I'm. So, I'm so sorry, you guys. I don't even remember that. Um, you needed to watch that episode. Uh, you do some great work in it. Uh, you know, again, you didn't have to carry the comedy stuff there because you're just basically doing the the new stuff. And you're and you're a very credible anchor. You know, stay classy, uh, San Diego kind of style. And uh, <laughs> no, you did. Yeah, because I mean, you had never done any. Uh, broadcasting like that have you have played anything no like the i didn't and i'm sure i said this before but that was the hardest part of that job i'm sure i would mm. think so it really you know talking into the camera you never do that right yeah it, mm. unless you're yeah so so i remember that being really hard mm. i'm yeah. curious you're you you you're in a you're teaching acting now right that's what's happening what was the subject of today's class i'm just curious oh gosh so i teach um i teach Theater art. I teach drama, uh, theater production, stagecraft, which is not really my thing, but I teach it anyway. And and then I am directing. We're doing Grease. So oh, I'm, amazing! Well, yeah, so at the people end love of the that. They'll remember for I, years. Yeah. So then I have rehearsal after school for like three hours after teaching all day. So it's a, it's a long day for me. I get up at five thirty. Mm. I'm at school by six forty five. I teach classes. Um, you know, we do something different in pretty much in every class. Like we're in my stagecraft classes, we're sort of doing the build. So we're making For the props, set. Yeah, yeah. painting, we're doing all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. That's yeah. really good stuff. All right, Jill, thank you so much for your time here. Thank it's always wonderful to, to see you. you look did, wonderful. You send her, did you send her the episodes, Pete? I will send them to her again well, so that she can. I want yes. her to see Pleasure My Love, too. She's just always so lovely. Very All right, great. let's go to now our interview uh, with Michael Stoyanoff. I think I'm saying that right this whole time. Stoyanoff. Either way, however you want to interpret it, Michael watching Stoyanoff. at home. Uh, he was from Blossom, but he did an incredible job here as Jimmy Jimmy Gold on uh, in this this three episode, or three or four yeah, episodes. It was three episodes. Three episode arc. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's go to that, and here that is.
Anyway, it's a pleasure to have you here, Michael. We really wanted to talk to you. Uh, you know, looking back at these, you, you got to see the episodes again? I, you know what? I got to confess, I am not a huge fan of watching myself. So I didn't. I have pretty solid memories of everything. Well, and if you guys okay. want you know, to this, this is I not, can't watch know, myself act. I'm just, I, I, I've never been that guy. I that's can't. fair. Yeah, that's fair. Well, for those it. of us who did watch it, I haven't seen it since 1996. I watched all three of them. And I swear, if this was another series, you would have had an Emmy nomination. That's how well, good that's it was. That's so nice of you. It was definitely I, 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 From the bottom of my heart, that's where it was. And, uh, you know, uh, again, for you know, as executive producer at that time, and also the showrunner, you know, it was a dangerous storyline for us to do. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and people questioned it and stuff. And, you know, at the time, I don't think it was as embraced as the fans have after the fact. I mean, I see it's really a favorite of that season, that whole storyline. So, I mean, it really has worn well and really uh, it made me very proud of uh, that we were trying that. And I have, thank, so- Thank you for, for having me. That, I mean, it was, I agree, an absolutely groundbreaking and important role. And I think, yeah, it was at the time, like well out of the 90210 wheelhouse. And I think as time's gone by, it's garnered more, more esteem but it was at the time i thought just pitch perfect and working with jenny was amazing she was uh she was uh, inspirational and saved the day on a, a few occasions i'd say and we'll get into that uh yeah at a, at, a, at a more opportune time uh down the road because towards the end it's about like uh very quickly my my death scene like it was my one of my only i think on-screen sort of death scenes like stricken in the hospital on the way, like literally to heaven's gate type scene. And uh, they had like the full, like accurate, like sort of Kaposi sarcoma, like, like zombified. And I came out and Jenny like took one look at me and was like, what? No, clean him up. Like he's dying, but like, let, let's remember the tone of the show, like we can't, no, this is wrong. And she really, I think that was a smart call because it was, it may have been startlingly accurate, but it was to the point of being distracting. And I think she was right to have that all pulled back. Wow, I had no idea. No one made that call to me. Um, Wait, normally that wow, wouldn't be a Larry Mullen call, though. Yeah, that's you know, a Larry what's Mullen interesting because we do that in the there's a there's a, a you know when uh, Jenny and I'm not sure if it's in this episode I think it is uh, no it's in Disappearing Act where this Jenny has like a little a dream and which seems very real because we actually have an establishing shot which dreams never have <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and she opens her thing up and she's got all the blotches and it's and it's so real but it's too much and so she her instincts were really really good there. Um, cause yeah, you, you were, you were dead enough. You acted dead. As Spencer Tracy would say, I'm going to act unshaven. Don't worry about it. It's true. It's true. I mean, acting has been called flat and lifeless on yeah. many occasions. So <laughs> finally apropos. Hey, so, hey Pete, uh, we should take this episode, the three episodes in, in sequence so we can kind of uh, get it. Sure. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. Jump ahead to the story, but yeah, uh, it's cool. I want to start Larry. I mean, so we have this, this, the AIDS storyline. We've been talking about it a little bit here and, um, how do you find Michael? I mean, were you aware of him from Blossom? Is that how? Yeah, I mean, that was, that was a show we knew about. Look, this was a storyline that we, we that Mr. Spelling approved because he had also just gotten Emmys for uh, and the band played on. So it was a subject that he was close to, even though it was risky because, again, this was an eight o'clock show, don't forget. 
in Fox, the eight o'clock shows really were nine o'clock shows, but because they, they only programmed to eight to ten. And uh, Phil Sabbath, who who was no longer with us, was a big part of this uh, of this storyline. And you know, we again we were you know doing thirty two a year. We're always looking something for our actors that's going to give them something a chance to do the same kind of stuff they were doing already in the movies of the week stuff that they were doing. And uh, you know, and Jenny didn't have a boyfriend then, so we were we were treading water. So we, we you mean up. the carrot Kelly? So we mean. just thought yes. we could do something. And at the same time, you know, also educate people a little bit about you know AIDS and paranoia of AIDS and what all that meant. Uh, and you know, we were going to create this character, which I said Phil Sabbath had a lot to do with uh, Jimmy Gold. You know, all the magic stuff and all that stuff came out of Phil. I'm pretty certain. And you know, when we when we talked to our casting person, and she said, well, "Who can we get?" I mean. You didn't. You didn't read for the part, Michael. As I remember, right? You just. I did. I think you think I you did. Hmm. See, so uh, no, did you read I, in Spelling's office, or? I don't remember that. I think probably at that point in my career, at the very least, I was straight to producers. Thankfully, you know. Yeah, I but, would think uh, so. I feel like it definitely, regardless of who was in the room, and I think it was probably a big room. There was also tape, and then perhaps Mr. Spelling took a look, or like. I don't I don't really recall, but I do I do feel pretty, pretty confident that I definitely read for it. And again, that may have been a measure of it was a bit it was not like it like you immediately thought of me for that part in regard to just my physical like the work I'd been doing prior. And I, I was never one who minded like, look, I'll go in and show them that I'm not just whatever sort of cookie cutter mold they think I fit into, like, I'm an actor, I can do this. And I, I, I mean, I had, like, I'd cut all my hair off and I'd lost a bunch of weight. So it was fortuitous. I came in looking a lot more like Jimmy Gold should or would look than if you had just seen, like, the last season of Blossom, for instance. You know what I mean? So I yeah. think it all just sort of worked out well. Um, it certainly did for us. I, I know we, you know, we, we jumped at it. I mean, I'm, I'm probably, I don't remember you reading for it, I have to say. And I'm not sure we would have been in Spelling's office because he only traditionally read for like things that were going to be longer arcs, we would bring him in. But this was right. a special part, so he might have. I mean, I don't know. But anyway, it was our good fortune. And so- Mine as well. And, and we introduced the character in, in Made for Life, Pete. What do we, what-, what uh, first I think it was Made for Life. Made for, but made I'm curious for, for you, uh, um, Michael, you were on Blossom, and this is after, this is post-Blossom, right? I Yeah, I had left Blossom the last season to go write for Conan O'Brien in New York, and then that turned into another job writing on the very short-lived Dana Carvey show. So I had spent a year pretty much not acting, uh, and then I came back to L.A., sort of re-energized and interested in stretching as an actor and really just getting in front of the camera again. And so this came up almost right away. And uh, yeah, my representation at the time was like, this is, this, you, we really should try and go get this. And so it was, uh, it was really exciting, uh, you know. What about developing Jimmy? I mean, you get this script, it's, I mean, when you find it, when you get it and you got the part and that's all gonna happen, talk to me about what your process is like in, in finding him and creating this character. Hmm, well, I'm sort of an organic type. I've always been like, real dependent on, you know, like I, I wanna understand the character and I wanna understand the circumstances, but then it's like, I don't, I don't even in auditions, I never have been a fan of locking in. Like I needed to get there and like, well, how, what's Jenny thinking? What's she gonna be doing? What I'm, I, every scene I have is with her and like every, so therefore every reaction I'm going to have 
is going to be based off what she, you know, I say something, she says something that provokes me to say something. And then, you know, that's to me how it works. So like, uh, you know, it, it, in regard to this, like obviously at that point and going forward, like I knew people who, who had had passed and like had had it. And like, you know, I was definitely aware of like the situation and, uh, I mean, in terms of the magic, that was definitely, that may have been the most sort of like, like, well, how am I gonna like, at least look like I might be competent at like, like, should I, you know, I didn't want to do like, it's like every actor gets a part as a magician, they learn how to like flip a quarter around on their fingers. And it's like, I don't like, I don't, I mean, I don't yeah. know, maybe just sort of like, like project a confidence in the ability to do that sort of thing. And there wasn't, it wasn't heavy on like he wasn't constantly like pulling handkerchiefs or like producing pigeons so like you know it, it was like it was a, a, an important aspect but not like it was toned down thankfully actually <laughs> i exactly. you know i, I you yeah, weren't I mean, quite pen and teller really well i thought you sold it uh, <laughs> well, I really you know I, I actually that. thought perhaps you did have a little bit of a prestidigitation in your, uh, <laughs> in, your in your past uh, yeah God. so i'm really curious so if we first meet jimmy at the friendship house hospice which you know again for us Jenny, uh, the Kelly Taylor character being a uh, psychology major, you know, it was just give, you know, again, expanding as, as they move into adulthood, what are these people going to do, right. which was in our mind. Now, were these other people there HIV positive? I, my memory is that there were some some sick people there. Like, yeah, that was my memory, too, because Paul Wagner, I don't know if you ever got to meet Paul Wagner, our, our our on-set producer. I'm, uh, I'm absolutely sure that, I'm, that happened. He was a great man, and his his uh, boyfriend had died of AIDS, so it was a really important storyline to him. And I, I'm sure when he put this together that that was part of the thing that we were going to really use HIV positive actors. Right. And because when you walk into that place, there, I mean, it's it feels pretty real. Uh, sure. and, and I just real quick uh, that when the question before, like uh, it, this was definitely the kind of role where. Like, I was a little bit scared. Like, when I, you know, I was excited to get it. And then I'm like, oh my God, I got it now. Now I have to do this. Like, can I? Like, this is, this is, a, this is, a, a, you know, a, a, a ways from like a very special blossom, you know, <laughs> like, uh, you know, so something less serious to say the least. So, like, yeah, it was, it was, uh, and then, yeah, walking in that first day, because the first, our first scenes were in that hospice, I was like, Oh my God, this is super duper real. You know, I don't know if that's an actual film term, but it, it felt <laughs> super real to me. And uh, again, I think that just, that helped the work and it just all, it, it all just played really, really well because it was all, it was real. Yeah, I mean, it felt like God's waiting room as they say, um, you know. I remember the uh, episode of Blossom that you did where uh, your character, this is not about Blossom, but it, your character falls off the wagon, right? Is that the way they say that? Off yeah. the wagon or on? Yes. I think so. It's a Seinfeld. <laughs> but yeah, right. I think yes. it's off the wagon. If you're off the wagon, yeah, you you have you have relapsed or you've had a you've had a, a night. And that was some pretty serious stuff. So you you did do some serious stuff on Blossom, right? Yeah, but a lot of that honestly occurred. It's like it was like cut to and then like talked about like it had happened. Like you didn't, it didn't really, you didn't get to actually play the scene. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, and in my re my memory of that episode actually was like, you know, Tony Anthony contemplating the bottle of whiskey in his hand and then regretfully takes a long pull 
cut to, you know what I mean? So it's like, it was, it was not like, this was like the real, the nitty gritty. And again, 90210 was a one hour and like Blossom was a half hour. Like there were just tone differences that like made this, you know, this was single camera, you know, a film back in those days, like a real Panaflex, like film camera, like versus we were shooting on video in front of a, it was a one act play basically every week. Sure. In so there were definite differences. And this was a, a good, a real step up in terms of like seriousness for me as an actor in Hollywood, for sure. And you're living out on the East Coast writing when you when you come back to do this, to do this. So you are removed from it. Were you staying in the process of acting at all? Training, classes, any of that New York scene? I was still auditioning uh, while working at Conan and sort of the end goal at that point in my life, we thought, we hoped was like a kids in the hall like, you know, I, I was writing comedy, late night comedy in that in that case, with an eye towards like, hey, I me and like four of my very talented friends from college, we would love to do a sketch show. Anyone interested? So I was trying to gather like bona fides in that realm. So, you know, like because, you know, it's like, yes, you're a comic actor, but you were on a sitcom that was sort of geared for, you know, younger people. Sure. Yeah, that's true. But like that proves like an act now look here, I'm writing like so. Uh, but no, like I was definitely and I've always I'll be the first to say I'm a better actor than a writer writing is uh, I have all the respect in the world for the uh, the true like great writers of the world And I used to make a joke with my friend Dino and a couple other uh, guys really, really talented guys. That's like I'm so I can so clearly feel the like Salieri vibe. For me it's like i look at your writing and it just leaps off the page and like comes to life and like mine is just laying there why why how do you do it? it's like i'm talented enough to see the brilliance but i can't i can't replicate it and so like yeah that was that was a long-winded answer for a no for I, I love that oh, stuff got it, got it. um i'm curious though real quick this is not related to 90210 who was in this kids of the hall kids in, in the hall yeah your, no your version of it who was school of andy dick Nice. And, uh, my friend Dino Stamatopoulos, who was a like he and Dan Harmon partnered early in Dan Harmon's career on Community, and he played Starburns on Community. I know he's sort of a wacky kind of guy. And then it would have been a couple people that no one really knew that we were super talented. Scott Adsit, actually from Thirty Rock and nice. uh, Veep and a bunch of other things. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, I went to Columbia College in Chicago, which had a lot of talented people there, um, a lot of people. So like that was sort of where we hoped like the core of this, you know, theoretical sketch comedy group would come. Great idea. Really cool. I'd still like to see it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, you know, we probably all get together and do that if anyone wants to produce it. So, uh, so yeah. you get, you get out to LA and you get to the set of 90210. Um, what is that experience like? It's a huge, huge show and you're going to be working a lot with Jenny Garth and um, you know, We've heard we've had mixed comments about what that meeting first meeting with Jenny Garth has like for certain people. I mean, guys usually have it pretty easy. What was the <laughs> what was it what was it like meeting her and then sort of, you know, finding this character together, finding the story together? Uh, well, for in regards to the general feeling, like it, it, it again, it was sort of like Blossom wasn't near. I don't think the cultural phenomenon that nine hundred two one zero was, but it was sort of in the same era and like, sure. uh, like and we you know I had had a, this level of success so like it didn't feel like I wasn't overwhelmed by that 
Also, uh, again, due to the nature of the part, I was fairly insulated. I essentially only worked with Jenny yeah. the entire time, except for the the magic show where right. I think Ryan and Tiffany. I think everybody showed I, up I, at the yeah, magic. Yeah, show. everyone's there. Ian <laughs> Ian uh, becomes a part of the, the show too. You uh, do yes, Ian, who I knew from the gym, of course. But uh, I, <laughs> yeah. also then he, I think he. But again, I had like one day with those people. Everyone was super nice. Uh, Jenny was again amazing, and uh, again I don't want to step on any toes, but it was I feel like it was late enough in the run. I think was it season eight, seven, seven, yeah, mm-hmm. seven. So she she was uh, so smart and such a professional, and like I'm not I don't I'm nothing against the directors, but she probably had at more experience. She had a feel for like what was needed and it was really really amazing watching her like sort of in work with the director not out not control the situation but like be this incredibly helpful like like energy uh like you we should maybe do this like maybe like you know what i mean like she wasn't taking i don't again i want to be careful not to take away from the people that were directing the show but at that point as a major character on this major show that she'd done every episode for seven years, she was able to see like right away, like we, this should be like this. We this is how we do 90210, essentially. Hey, who uh, directed uh, Made for Life? I'm curious. I, I know uh, Disappearing Act with Dave Semmel and uh, Pledging My Love with I feel like uh, James An- Darren. Ans- uh, what's Anson his- Williams? I feel like yeah, he's Anson in the Williams. mix of one of these. I don't remember Anson. I would have remembered that because I was, a, you know, like, I'm old. I'm an old guy. Happy I remember days. Anson Williams for sure. There was the guy oh, who directed a ton of one hour. He was an older remember. guy. He was Latino. Uh, Made for Life is Burt. Brinker, oh, Brinker, Brinker off. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He was a, a spelling, uh, uh, you know, regular. David Semmel does Disappearing Act. And, and, and uh, then Darren. Pledging My Love is James Darren. Really? Hmm. Who was I thinking of? Maybe it was a DP. No, oh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. Because I did three, but then I was like in four. Was I in four because like previously on or something? Maybe. No, you were on a fourth one. Yes, I think that's true. Four. Um, what was it like working with the HIV actors? Did you have anything to do with them? Or? Good question. Uh, I mean, uh, my memory is that everyone was super nice and uh, there it's just there wasn't like the great majority, the meat of the character and the scenes and the acting was with Jenny. Right. Um, so I don't really have super strong memories right. of that. But I do, I feel like now that you're mentioning it, there was at least a couple exchanges. And again, consummate professionals everyone really good, everyone well cast, like, you know. Were there a place even within inside that group that was there or uh, maybe someone that you had, you, you said that you had known people that had, had this and whatnot. Was there a place that you went to for this kind of information about the character, even on set where was anybody saying like, oh, well, this is what this feels like or this is, was there anything of that happened? There may have been a, a question or two or like, uh, uh, but again, I think I probably would have been aware to like, I don't want, I'm not sure what comfort level like there is here for me to be sort of like probing someone. Sure. You know what I mean? Just, and it's like, it it almost felt like, is that, is that even, is that, 
in in my mind, I would have been thinking, is this insensitive to be like as an actor, like and asking? It's like it would almost have been more appropriate somewhere else as a human being to be like, hey, what are you going through? What you know? Yeah, so, sure. Feels ex feels exploitative, I guess. Um, and Larry, for you, um, you know, you're probably seeing dailies. We, we've seen, we've just uncovered some for fans, but um, but not not for not for this episode. But we we uncovered some dailies from something else. But I'm just curious, you know, when you're seeing this the work come back. I mean, do you watch dailies every day to see what's yeah, going? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was your thoughts when you saw? Stuff. Oh, we just overjoyed. I just thought it was really, you know, it was playing well. I mean, I felt again, you know, at that point. It's a seven season. And when I'm saying seven seasons, we were already over 200 episodes almost because we were doing right. a lot of episodes. <laughs> so it's not like today, but they do 10 episodes. Yeah, see, as a season. Call it season at, at 12 is yeah. a long season. And right. So our actors were fairly bored, okay? But by that point, the stars were kind of worried and bored. They've already into the long time. Are they ever going to work another character? And so we needed to challenge them. And, and so I remember seeing the dailies and just really being relieved that Jenny was all in on this thing because uh, otherwise it would have been a disaster. I would have been hearing it from the set and she's not happy here and this and that. And, and know, you would so have known just... if she didn't like working with Michael. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> yes, I would have, yes. That Especially was a, in that know. season. Right. Yes, no, they, you know, just like she was telling the director, she was telling I know, it's my turn to ask a question. So there were times where it was like- I mean, that season they had a right- this, this, With this actor or actress. Somebody got written off that season. One more time. I'm not kissing this guy one more time. <laughs> An actor got written um, off that season. Yes. So, you know, so going through, uh, yeah, Made for Life, you know, which a lot of other stuff was happening. We were just introducing Jimmy at that point. But I just thought we really delivered him. We delivered him well. We had this special kind of quality to him, which, which Michael really added to him. Like I said, he looked like a, a bit of a magician. And he just had this sardonic, you know, kind of whistling past the graveyard, uh, you know, in the lines. But you made them, you really made them sing. And, uh, you know, looking back at it, because like, again, I did look at it and I hadn't seen it like in 25 years. And I, I just went, this seems so contemporary, this story. I mean, I kind of felt like, wow, we, we really did that. And I got no credit for it. All I got was shit on. So, <laughs> so it's interesting, you know, because again, my, my experience, especially after disappearing act, um, really was not, not great, but the work is great. Well, so, so what Larry's talking about is he was the EP and on the day of your magic show is when he realized that he might not be that things were not going to be as they easy to like, return not as an EP for season me and the act because they couldn't sign Jason basically we've talked about this before yeah. in the show but that is an interesting perspective though because even something you said earlier about you had already left a big show which was you know in it's in the culture it's in the 90s culture I mean everybody's talking about the 90s now and your show is in that on that list blossom you know, I think in no small part because Mayim herself has gone on to become this sort of titan, like especially the last couple of years. Totally. You know, Jeopardy. Success <laughs> and now the Jeopardy thing. And, and we're all talking about this again. And it's cool. And it's cool because like I'm a 90s kid. So it's awesome to see the, the time period I grew up with being discussed and, you know, talking to all of you. But I'm curious, like when you walked into that set and you kind of alluded to this, like you knew that experience of being in the last season of something that was very huge and you could probably relate to a Jenny Garth or a Jason Priestley who is in the seventh season of this cultural sure. express yeah. yeah and you wonder you yeah you think about like well back in those days it's like you couldn't it's like you couldn't go you couldn't do a movie you couldn't do anything else like you wouldn't the, the studios 
the production company had you locked up and it's like oh can i i've got this great opportunity to do two weeks on a is they didn't know like at least at nbc and at disney and i think generally at my my experience in the business at that time is like you when you're on a series that you have that two-month period maybe in your hiatus you can squeeze in a movie fine but you're not going to be let out for anything like in the interim so i definitely understand what someone like jason or like luke or you know any of the the cast was feeling at that point because i mean again in my I, this is my own personal sort of like neuroses but even if it's not true you think like i should be doing like why am i not getting the why is ed norton let me get me up on ed norton stuff and you're like uh you're not Ed Norton, buddy. It's like, well, I don't know, how do we know? Right now I'm stuck on the show. Like, so I get, I totally understand the, like the, as the years grow on that aspect. And then of course the like, man, the, everyone's just gonna like, this is who I'm gonna be now. Like the, even though a casting director's job is to see beyond that. And believe me, this again is from experience. It's like for years following, it's like, oh, do you, can we send Michael over for this? Oh, no, Michael Stoneham, he's great. We know him. We, we, he's not right for this. It's like, uh, how do you, well, I'm great, but I'm not right for this based on the thing that you, I did 106 episodes of. Like, I can do, like, the whole point is, like, I can do more. But so I definitely understand that sort of the, uh, the Rossification like of an actor's career for lack of a, for a, a, a great archetype, like David Swimmer, super talented guy having trouble sort of getting away from the iconic role he played. Yeah. yeah. They all worried about, Hey, uh, which, uh, which part, I mean, did, you must get recognized from 90210, I would assume, right? I get recognized from 90210 for sure. I obviously get recognized from Blossom for the Good. most part. Yeah. Uh, I did this really sort of avant-garde, very niche, uh, uh, bizarre horror movie sort of called Freaked with Alex Winter mm -hmm. and uh, Keanu had a, a like uncredited cameo in it and like I get like like recognized from that and then some of the more recent stuff Billions uh, is what I'm sort of doing now and people will I mean because it's, it's what I closely most closely resemble right oh okay point. yeah I haven't I haven't well, seen and Dark, I gotta throw in Dark Knight because even though like I I'm the first person killed. I get shot on page two. <laughs> I'm wearing a mask. I'm one of the masked robber, bank robbers. Oh, great. So, but still, people like they know from looking me up. It's like, oh my God, you were in Dark Knight. It's such a amazing. Right. Let's talk about the magic show that Jimmy does. Uh, so now we're going to disappearing act. Just a disappearing act. This way, before we get to that, we, that thing sets up with Jenny, with you know Michael with with uh, Jimmy Gold oh, the, the cutting finger cutting. that's right and he yeah. cuts his hand and we, and right, we the, right. the fear the blood the blood comes out you know and now we now we've got right. the blood of a of a of an AIDS victim on our star you know on Kelly Taylor right yes so what is that what was that like to shoot with her that scene yeah i guess yeah. the magic the magic show or the i want to get i'm going to get to the magic show in a second the 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 knife thing was important to la to you guys Larry, because you were you were uh, acknowledging well, people's fear about AIDS yeah, I mean, in that moment. We were moment. trying to educate in an in entertaining way, and also right. really people were wrapped up in our characters. And again, challenging Jenny's emotions, you know, as as an actress to be able to go deep on this thing here, and she did a wonderful job. I think, yeah, the tone that was I recalled like deliberation on that, and again, we like we weren't the acting. I don't think it, it didn't it wasn't the intimidating part for me. Like honestly, the magic show, which we'll talk about in a minute, I was more scared about like that 
having to like fake like I know what I'm doing in a magic show. But like, I do remember like an awareness of like, let's not, let's not make this like Dan Aykroyd doing Julia Child here. Like let's, you know, let's exercise some like moderation and like have the actors play the, the scariness of it and not like have it be like a Wes Craven film. Like let's, you know. <laughs> so like, I do remember it being like, handled really well and really appropriately for for again the, the the audience and the time slot and the you know the way it should play and like I just remember her being great I remember like being struck by like just you know in sometimes you're in a, in the scene when, and you're just struck by you're like oh my god this person I'm working with is such a good actor and like just the fear she registered was like really great and real and I was like this is great this is gonna really work I think there's, I think I think what's great about it too with the two of you is like she she registers fear and you register I know that she's afraid you know what I mean you it's and it's really a, like a really beautiful it's almost what what I feel like uh, as as memories serves me here shame yeah mm -hmm. but yeah like she drove that scene and I think she did an amazing job for sure she's a great actress you guys really she's incredible yeah I mean every yeah. time she just delivers when she gets these things and she gets a lot of different things Jenny you know so whether yeah. it's a fire or a, you know we've talked about that with her too go ahead Larry you said something? no I was just gonna say once we once they started doing you know movies of the weekend which were you know more dramatically you know they were always you know something I was raped the team whatever the things were uh you know we started trying to push them into 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 more you know of emotional arcs and stuff where we could really you know let them you know challenge them and which they jammed to, you know, we obviously started that first with Luke and then, uh, you know, going through all of them, basically. Right. The whole yeah. Cast. And then, so the magic show, let's talk about this because there, there's one moment in the magic show, which is just incredible where your character starts coughing. Right. Right? And I, and I thought, Oh my God, this is, I had forgotten. I thought, Oh he's my God, he's going to die here. I mean, <laughs> I had no, this I, 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 I had off. such bad right. memories of this show. So, which is, you know, not related to the work, but just my own situation there. <laughs> that I forgot, and then it's like brilliantly put all. Of it. I got a frog in my throat. And now, who set these gags up? Was there a special? Uh, must have been an extra. A magician there. specialist. Was there, there definitely was, and the close-up of the hands. And again, <laughs> love uh, two, two quick things. Uh, one is a side story, and one is lovely man, very good with his hands, but like meaty, like meaty hands, and like like hairy. And I was Ooh. like, how does this? And then this this I did a show when I was first in L.A called like Hard Time on Planet Earth with Martin. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was like sure. a episode. syndicated show, yeah, remember. But yeah, like, and there's a scene where my character like is on the roof of the high school and a flagpole tips over and like I end up sliding down the flagpole and they used like, and they shot it this way with me coming down the pole, but it wasn't me, it was a stunt man. And it wasn't just a stunt man, it was a stunt man with a giant ass. So <laughs> was, like two, the two times like someone has been me, it was like, Mr. Meaty Hairy Hands and Mr. Giant Ass. Like wow. I literally had people calling me and being like, "Have you put on weight?" For the <laughs> I'm like that wasn't me. Like, but I don't even know back, magic. Back to the the the, the yeah. context here. He he was great and he was super helpful and he was patient as hell with someone who clearly was not. You know, I was like, "Look, just get me to a point where like I can act." competent like like I can feel like I can act this because like I'm I know I'm not good and we're going to be using you a lot in terms of close-ups but like, it's funny too because it's like you don't really know magic it's not your it's not your strong suit and you're on stage and the entire cast of 90210 yeah. is 
uh, again, that was my, I was by far the scariest scene for me. Like that was like, this is really, I'm really scared that like, I'm gonna, that, you know, people are gonna be like, wow, he is not good. He is not a really good actor. What's happening right now? How is he like, and I don't really ever, you know, I don't wanna, I'm not, you know, confidence is part of our gig here as actor, as anyone in our, our field, you know? So like, I don't ever really think like, like people are gonna think I'm, I'm not very good. But that scene, I was worried like, this is, I'm not sure. You pull what, it off, man. I mean, it comes. I, it, it, I do. I mean, it looks great, man. I, I mean, I, I bought all of it. Even like when you, I think at some point in the hospital, you pull like a, um, you pull a flower outside of out of Jenny's ear. You do oh, some the waiting little, room later on little the trickery yeah, there. Yeah, she's being tested. Right. Being t- yeah, you show up when she's being tested. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was the, nice. the gags. The gags are good. You you handled the frog well, or um, or, or the or the other hand handled the frog well. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember having to cup a frog, and I remember having to do that that yeah. bit. Oh, okay. Somewhat. Yeah, there was a part. There's a part. Was it like a little plastic frog, or was it? I don't. Yeah. I don't quite remember. Pretty sure it was. Yeah, it was like a close-up at any point with an actual live frog. I remember but, uh, it wasn't a live frog. Okay, I don't think good. it was a live frog. No. Directors yeah. don't like live frogs. I know that. <laughs> they don't like live fish or live frogs. The frog so. wranglers. Be yeah, that was. We need a frog out. wrangler probably. It's, All right, it's so just, I mean, that was disappearing act was, you know, lots of stuff is going on. I mean, obviously, a lot of, a lot of it was with, with, with Jenny's fears of, you know, about whether she contacted AIDS. It was possible, even if it was a, a slight chance. What if she had a cut in her, you know, all those things that people yeah. went through at that time. I mean, when you were when you dealt with people who had AIDS, I mean, it was really real, uh, especially in show business, uh, obviously, you know, when we, you know, I, and, you know, it started and I remember in like 85, I was doing a series there and we started losing our costume and wardrobe people. You know, right. that was the first first time I really was aware of it, you know, and then it just became, you know, worse and worse for about 10 years. That's a magic show. Do you get to interact with Tori and and all of them? Um, what is that uh, on that on that day? Yeah, I remember meeting them all. Everyone was, again, really very nice, cordial. Uh, it was all like, again, in, in my head, like I'm I'm terrible. I'm bad with names and like stuff and like even when I'm not distracted, but when I'm like working, like just in general, like forget it. And then in this case where, like I said, I was stressed out. I was like trying to like, you know, find the focus somewhere. So I was very distracted, but I do remember everyone, uh, Brian and Tori uh, in particular and Tiffany, I believe like being real and I, and I knew, so like, obviously he's a nice guy, but I don't, I don't want to mean to leave him out, but those three, I didn't really know at all. And they were all super, super nice and super like supportive and like just really you know really good people like i think you guys got really lucky with with the sort of the quality of the character of the people that you ended up working with because you know and again i'm speaking as an actor about actors it can it's not always that way like you know he's you get you know there's to say and again a lot attitude is the reason a lot of people are successful in my, you, you, you power through with this immense attitude, like that you're great, that you're, you're gonna do it. No one needs to worry. We're gonna work, you know, I'm gonna bring this scene home and everyone's gonna get paid. Like it's, you know, so like, it's kind of part and parcel, but it can lead to, you know, less than optimal behavior on a set. You know, yeah, let's sure. be fair. like because people have expectations that everyone treat them a certain way and like 
But again, back to the, the, the people at hand, didn't get that energy or vibe at all ever for a second from any of them, especially Jenny, who I worked with like every day for a month you know, and a half, just about. So like, yeah, yeah really great experience. Good, good stuff. Um, and then in the last episode, you, you were telling us pleasure, earlier. Pleasure My Love, which was written by Phil Sabbath, um, dear friend and old uh, cohort. We had our comedy troupe in Canada in, 19, in the 70s. So he was part of that. Nice. And I brought him back. He was like a SCTV. Absolutely. Like, well, before SCTV, I right, worked with all the, those guys. Dan and, and Gilda, they were all friends of ours. And I, you know, we were like serious actors though. They were performing where people drank liquor, like Second City. We go, no, we're not gonna do that. We don't, no, we don't do that. We're, we're, at, we're, we're serious performers. Might've been an error on my part, but, uh, <laughs> but and, and they were great folks. And like, you know, why, I, I, still, go, I still see Dan. I have um, a few drinks and watch some comedy. You can come watch us do Head a Gabbler. Uh, oh, that'd be great. Well, we used to do three I think I played, I played Masha. We used to, you know, we were influenced by, because we were in Canada, we were influenced by Monty Python then in the early 70s. Absolutely. So we, uh, in our troupe, we actually had no women. So we played all the women parts too. Nice. Like, like the kids in the hall. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, same tradition, you know. Um, well, so, pleasure, had, so pleasure, my love. I mean, again, this is an episode that's packed and, and, and we disguise it with, you know, the, the, the death of Jimmy here. Um, right. And it also, I, I totally forgotten. I don't know if you've forgotten, but there's a whole Russia show. It's, it's the holy, it's the holy days, the Jewish holy days, right. which were really close to Phil. And he really brought in this whole really lovely stuff. I, right. I actually wish you had seen this stuff, but it's, it's pretty phenomenal. I'm so sorry. The whole stuff about the book of It's not required. But I'm saying, I think you, I think you would have appreciated your work. Not looking at some synopses, like at my, you know, I really don't watch myself. I really have never been a fan of, <laughs> I just don't know how people do it. It's like, cause no matter how good, you know, I still am like, oh, here I am thinking about my next line. Oh, look, I can see in my eyes, me about to make this choice that everyone said was great. Like all I <laughs> the freaking work I'm doing and not like the, you know, whatever. I got you. Else. Well, it's not a pleasurable experience for me, but I do, I really do want to apologize because now oh, fine. Yeah, now no, as I'm going through the show well, with you. I feel like I really am remiss in not being more You're great no there's miss, no but there, there's some wonderful moments there uh you know i'm looking at, at the at, at, at your part in pledging because what happens is is that uh, jenny uh gets you to go go to temple right for, right for, for you know for you know for russia shona and and it's all leading up to the book of being written in the book of life are you jewish by the way uh no no okay so so that was you, you played a jew very it's well it's a long a story but i mean it's complicated okay. but no the short answer is no. okay uh but you know but we, we kind of played this thing through and it's actually really serious Judaism. We kind of get into the book of life and who, right, right. God's going to describe who's going to live until they die. I mean, some of the lines, I mean, it's, it's really sad. It's a sad episode. There's just right. no doubt that people it's are not crying in this down, episode. And Jimmy was like a lapsed Jew, right? He wasn't, yes. he actually sort of dragged to it. Right. Yes. That, it's, that is, that was good stuff. And I mean, at the end, we're lighting a yurtside candle and, and saying the prayer for the day, you know, which, you know, comforts uh, Kelly because, uh, 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 Brian, you know, David, her, her half brother brings her that, and, you know, is the one to comfort her. Right. But it's, uh, how did look, you prepare the death, the for death the scene is great. I mean, because, you know, I was going to ask you, how, how did you prepare for the death scene? Because, I mean, it's a it's one of those things you said that you didn't really ha had done before. Right. I mean, um, it's a lot. It's it's something. It's got to be right, too. Right. Well, again, that's the kind of thing where it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to be really, really in tune with and 
it's a duet it's a dance with for two so it's like you i wanted to have the lines down cold as always and in my mind it's like most death scenes and that death scenes it's a goodbye scene like you know to to really sort of encapsulate it it's a goodbye so like uh, it, it doesn't those scenes happen and it's not necessarily death but it's like i want to be ready for like what what jenny's gonna bring and like you know, you uh, again. I don't. It, I, I don't know because for me, acting, it's like you do all this. Like you think about what it is to die, what life is, what how that applies specifically to the character, what is going on with the person you're doing the scene with. But then once you get in the room and you lie down in the bed, you got to just like let that all go because, like I said, you that's all gonna show. Like on a, when a camera is in your face. That's all going to show if you're sitting there thinking about like, oh, and this like this is important because when you're dying, it's like all that sort of like, like the science of it is is it, you got to drop all that and then it's just you in the room with the other person and like you know you let the script guide you. Mm. you know? So nice. It's beautiful stuff. It's a really nice scene. Um, I think, like you said, Jenny, and you deliver something really special there. We've had a lot of people, you know, write us and tell us like this is a storyline that meant a lot to them and all that stuff. Larry, how does that make you feel when you hear when you hear that? Oh, I, I feel so validated that we did this thing, and you know, and even though, like I said at the time, I took a lot of heat. I think from Fox, from it, you know, just because. Uh, but it just it was in general. It was a nervous time because all the actors had to sign on for another year, and they were uncertain whether to do it or not, and they only really cared about whether Jason did basically. So he was the Fox was just really concerned with Jason being happy. Um, and, uh, you know, which, you know, uh, that's just the business of the, of, of the business. I mean, it's just, that's just the way it goes. So it's nothing really wrong with it. It's just how it was, but seeing it now, I just thought it worked great. And, you know, I just thought, you know, the whole Jimmy gold thing with, with, with Michael, I mean, it's nice. You got a complete character. Everyone understood the character. We had, we gave him great backstory with this other guy, Gordon, this other boyfriend, and we were able to really, uh, throw a lot of information in an entertaining way also that people could digest and and maybe understand them and what was going on and you know not to to worry you know to to have some respect for people with hiv or not to totally panic or uh, you know or just you know make them lepers uh, and, mm. and also how to, how you get it and you know you know you know the doctor we have a doctor at one point and phil god bless him we had a name for this character and michael being a writer and sketch we called him dr splainer Dr. Splainer is basically, we have, now we have a scene with Dr. Splainer comes in here and basically explains everything. And so, yeah, but the guy, play, the actor playing it, I, we have should look up his name. He did a great job. No, he was great. He, did, he was a day player. He did an amazing Splainer. job. And, uh, and so he, he basically, you know, tells Jenny how you can get it and stuff. And it, that was pretty good. And pretty, again, for an eight o'clock show to be doing that at that point in 96 yeah. was pretty, pretty cool. Well, on behalf of myself and on behalf of the 90s, thank you for taking the risk for doing it because it was it was truly important and it was like i definitely learned a, a, a ton and like I, I was i mean considering the walk of life that i i was i had and that the, where i lived and like my general exposure level and iq in regard to hiv aids was fairly high for compared to the average american and so it, if it was important to me and i was impacted and learned a lot i can't imagine how much, how much others were probably like educated and enlightened 
by it. So like, it really, thank you, honestly, like for, for doing it. Like, well, it, it worked out. And I get like, I, I give a lot of credit to Phil Sabbath for this. Cause I mean, this storyline kind of came out of him and, you know, we all got behind it. We thought we could get it by spelling. Like I said, cause he did a band, uh, the band played on, uh, but it's interesting how, how I thought, you know, Jenny was particularly brave uh, doing this storyline. And, and I was, you know, you know, I haven't had a chance to t talk to her about it, actually. But sometime when we talk to her soon, I'm going to mention it to her about it. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, you know, after this aired, did did you find anything in your career uh, shifting to show that you can do other things outside of the character of that you played on Blossom? Was it helpful? Yeah, was it helpful? Uh, I think, yeah, I think I got some, a little bit more run in the one hour world. And again, everything was so different back then. And uh, just in general, for, for uh, reasons that had nothing to do with 90210 and the show, like uh, my career was in a uh, flux and uh, in a uh, uh, process of changing anyway. And uh, uh, it, it, it's sort of difficult to get into it at any sort of great length or depth, but uh, uh uh, it, and it may have been as simple as like, you know, when you first come to town and you're 21 and you were trained in Chicago and you have a baby face and you look like you're 14 and you're reading against 14 year old kids from Orange County who think they might want to be an actor, you're going to get a lot of work. You're going to be pretty successful. And then by, you know, by this time I'm 30 and like, it's, there's no more of sort of like walking in and really being the only one essentially who can act <laughs> reading mm -hmm. for the part. It's me and a bunch of other talented guys. So like, you know, my career was in a slowdown and like, it, it, and it, you know, there were uh, ups and downs uh, from that point on and going forward, but it definitely, it definitely felt good to me. And it felt like I had done something like, like post blossom that was like a big deal and like memorable and like, so whether it had an impact on casting directors and, and my, my resume going forward or not, it had an impact on me. And it's it amazing. gave me confidence, like, you know what I can do? I'm, no matter what's coming down the road for me, like, I, I'm good at this. Like, this is something, you know, and I, I can, there's a whole score of things I am not good at. Like, you know, and I'm a, a, a wise enough man to see that, but like this, I really am good at. Like, and I, I can relax about that i don't have to yes. worry about that like this is something i i, I guess i do pretty so well. did you watch it when it aired you didn't watch it when it aired then i assume <laughs> or did you frog i mean i would like it's like like you're kind of like peak it's like you know or like because everyone you know in your world wants to see it and yeah, in those days yeah. it's not you know it's it's, like everybody's watching it. It's not like what it was now where there's so many streamers. And right, all it's all a minute. It's not like, oh, we can watch it anytime. It's just in our, it's in the cloud. Like we can just pull it up. Like, it's like you had to watch it or did you VCR it? Like, it's no, like, right. It's, that wasn't a thing. Yeah. So like, yeah. Mm. Uh, but I do remember taking a peek because again, like it was really my first work, like with this sort of like new look as it were. So I was curious if nothing else, to see to see what I looked like on camera at that, like with the short sort of Caesar cut and that was popular and like the, I was very light, like weight wise at that point. Um, but again, I had the, my, the, my recurring sort of like this recurring syndrome is like, I'll watch 
for a few seconds, uh, uh, 20 seconds. I was like, okay, that's it. I can't. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, just caught, <laughs> I, just caught, I just caught me acting. I can't, I don't want to watch this. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Like uh, whoever's in the room, please. No, go ahead and watch. I just don't want to watch me act. It's not fun. Yeah. But, uh, where think, Michael, where were you living then? Curious. I think I was probably back in LA at that point. Uh, that was right around the time I was uh, going through a divorce. So there was a lot going on in my life. Mm. Uh, we are we are great friends now. That was a that was a um, more a matter of like we were not well fitted to be a husband and wife, but we are great great friends, and we are to this day. I'm like godfather of kids. So, uh, but at the time, obviously, it was contentious and sad and like tumultuous, mm. and uh, so there was a lot going on in my life. But I'm pretty sure I was living in the Hollywood Hills. Nice. Oh, well, I mean, the work is great, man. Um, thank you for spending your time here with us. I, you know, and I want to say, you know, I can't tell you enough how many people uh, appreciate the work that you did in this time period uh, in the 90s in Blossom and on 90210 and all the stuff that you were doing, um, me, me included. You know, it's it. The work is incredible. And you gave us so many great memories growing up in the 90s and watching television. And that's that's where we're also connected to all of that now, you know, and it's great to see it all coming back and you're still working, you're, you're in billions, you said, right? Yeah. So it's, it's I nice. am, Catch as catch can. And thank you, by the way, for those kind words. That's really amazing. It always- Well earned, Michael, well earned. Well earned. About, about how important, how good it felt when someone would call. And again, because I, uh, and say like, this was important to me, this made, an impact on me and again because i had played a role of someone one of the first characters in a sitcom on going through aa and like it was a big deal it. man you i know, got yeah. my whole career and it always always meant something to me when yeah. someone would be like you actually helped me a lot like watching yeah. you that was that was formative for me that really that helped me and like i it really does mean something and it, i really appreciate hearing it from you today I'm telling you, man, like, and there's, two, and there's two things there. There's the AA storyline in Blossom, which is so impactful to so many people. And then there's this, which is, which really helps not only entertain, like Larry said, but also educate people about something that they were fearful of and didn't understand fully. Right. And so it really delivers. And, and it's you that helps make this happen. You and Jenny Garth may, delivered this in a way that is so beautiful that we can all understand it. And that is, the work and what you what you're meant to do in this world. So thank you so much for that, thank man. You. There's thank one you. line, you know, you know, to, to again to shot back on the script a second. Toward the end, you of know, course, as a magician, yes. you give her the one uh, the one piece of advice, which was don't hide your heart after you do this right. magic trip. Yes, which is absolutely right. on point, stunning. I got chills from it, uh, and I just, uh, you know, it all kind of works. Sometimes when the writing and the acting and the directing come together and, uh, you know, we want to give some credit. I mean, I'm a big directors. believer that you're really only as good as the writing. You can't, you can't really soar too high above the what's on the page. I really believe that. And that that's a great example of like how solid this whole storyline was and how grateful uh, I am to have gotten to do it really. Honestly. It's yeah. a, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful magic when it's all working together because yeah. another actor may have interpreted it in a totally different way and really not and we've seen that in 90210 as we've covered some of this stuff, you know, so there is something to be said about it all working and what you brought to this. So thank you, man. I really appreciate your time here and uh, stay in touch. Yes. <laughs> and uh, you know, you got to, you know, we're going to air this today and there'll be a lot of Wednesday. Uh, comments. People will be really thrilled to see you. I mean, Oh, that's awesome. I appreciate, I yeah. appreciate being here and uh, yeah, good luck. 
I'd come right. back, but I feel like we covered it all. <laughs> we, did well, kinda we did kind of nail it all. We have parties where we do pop-ins and stuff. So maybe next time we have come to the party or whatever, yeah. you know, we'll have you pop <laughs> in. Yeah, we like, you know, yeah, that's part of the fun of what we do. situation, like, on point before, uh, before The lapel I... mic will be solved. There'll be a headset. <laughs> like NASA head. It'll look very like Tony Robbins at a, at a seminar. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't think I can pull off Tony Robbins. Yeah. <laughs> part of the fun we've been having is just reuniting with, you know, colleagues from the past and stuff. And everyone's really enjoyed that, you know, just reuniting with people and, you know, you know comrades, basically. And it's Absolutely. great. So, and everyone, you know, now with the time passed, has a chance to reflect back and be proud of what we did right. at that point. Exactly. And obviously the show is still, you know, watched by all around the world still. Uh, uh, it's, you know, it's still a, a, a big, you know, it's become iconic, I guess. You know. Sure. And a quick tip of the hat to David Lasher, who was the common ground yes. and together. He got uh, you. A veteran of both shows and like uh, good on him for putting for putting us me. together. I was going to ask you about David when you because you were friends with David and he did blossom. Yes. Was there did you say, hey, man, I'm doing 90210. Did you guys have that conversation about you going and doing this thing? Uh, see, again, because like that was we were very close. But that happens when you're when you're on that set and you're sure like being like 90210. We were still we we're always been friends. But 90210 happened like a couple years after sort of Blossom. The passing of the night. Yeah. And like a, a credit to the show 90210, how ubiquitous it was. Literally everyone, everyone in my age range had been on, it's like law and order out here in New York. Like, sure, right. New York actor and you haven't been on law and order, you are doing something wrong. Cause like <laughs> seven of them, they've done a, like over a thousand episodes completely. Yeah. Wild, like you should at least been a dead body once, right? No, we did not have, we did not have a, uh, we've had a lot of great conversations, but that is not one we had, unfortunately. Yeah. That's okay. No, it's all good to go. All right, man. Thank you so much for this. And uh, we will catch right. up with you, I'm sure. Bye -bye. All right. Take care. Take care. Michael. Later, man. Bye. Bye. That was great. Michael is so well-spoken, so incredible. I He's mean, doing Billions now. I know people love that show. I haven't seen I have not seen one episode in, uh, of that show. Six episodes of Billions, so, you know, that's good. He's, uh, you know, I didn't realize he was also a writer for, you know, Conan O'Brien and other uh, late-night shows and stuff. But, no, it, it's... He did spectacular work. I, I hope he gets to see it. it, it it's it's too bad he has he has a rule not to look at his work. I know that was kind so of strict. It's so fascinating. Strict. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this was great, man. I think we really covered a lot of things up front, and we got to talk to our our buddy Jill Novick and Tracy um, as Tracy again. And it's always good to talk to her. And now next week, man, we're gonna go and dive into we're getting out in the outdoors. It out. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna get out and hiking, uh, you know, a little bit of a buddy trip, and uh, we're gonna be doing sweating it out. And I know it's an episode that people really, really enjoy. Uh, it's a good bonding episode of the of Brandon and Dylan, who were after the same gal at that point. I think it's right after a, a lot of the cult stuff, isn't it? I have to. I think it's during the cult stuff too. Oh, it's during yeah. the cult stuff. It, did, okay. did Jason direct this episode, or did I miss? Am I mistaken on that? I might be mistaken on that. I don't know. We have to. I didn't. I didn't know. I no. wasn't prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not prepared. Uh, uh, he, I don't think he did because he had to do motorcycle rod. Maybe he did. You know, he likes the challenge. Yeah, it's a directed Maybe. by Jason Priestley. Yep, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I think and we that, talked a little bit about it when he was on with us talking about his directing. I think he mentioned that episode. I think briefly. Yeah, yeah. but we're going to dive really into it this time along. Uh, this time around, and yeah, uh, a week from. I today, can't wait, man. February 9th. Yeah, it should be fun. People love. And it. And we're going to be live next week, so you'll all live. be able to ask your questions and mm -hmm. uh, see these two guys out on the, in the desert, and uh, yeah. and it will be a lot a of hike. fun. No. All right, all right. Have a good one, man. This Thank has you, been Pete. great. We will see you all you next week.